Listen up, squibs. You may find this podcast to be fucking explicit. Welcome back. It's another brand new episode of the Shadow Sworn Radio Hour. I am your host, Brendan Carrion, and I am joined once again by my buddy, Adam. Hello, I'm Adam. I'm here. We're ready to, to do this. We're ready to do this thing. And uh, this is a, this is a so, sort of special episode, I guess. We've been kind of teasing this one for a little bit. Yep. We, we, well, it's kind of dealing with the big news in the in the white wolf world right yeah. i mean that's our that's our raison d'etre that's our whole yeah reason for being here the, the <laughs> thing that gets us out of our coffins it, the the i mean but uh, spoiler I, I will it remain the, our reason for being or are we getting ready to just fucking just are jump? we turning into crotchety all we're turning into <laughs> statler and waldorf I, I like, <laughs> like of the white wolf world they get up and they put on the show uh, on the stage and we're just oh that's terrible yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't know man i'm getting ready i feel like i just am ready for final death here it, you know yeah we'll I, get into all that we'll there's there's that. a there's a lot there there's a lot yeah, of meat on that yeah. skeleton for us to for us to pick at like In, the vultures that we are indeed so um the conceit of this episode is that uh, uh, Adam and I decide that we wanted to go through the uh, Grand Masquerade um, panel. Because we're masochists. Yeah, because because we really wanted to get a sense. We really wanted to get a sense. And not so much that. We decided to not only do the panel, but also the Q&A afterwards. <sighs> Having been to a number of cons, I kind of was under the impression that you learn a lot during the Q&A. So right. that happens sometimes. Yes. <laughs> sometimes. The, yeah. Sometimes Q and A is good. Sometimes it's not. So sometimes good. it's a waste of your fucking Sunday night watching it on YouTube. It's Hashtag true. spoilers. Um. So 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 we went through this thing, and we took notes, and we um we scrawled notes into books like Mad Men, like at the like at the beginning of a Cthulhu game In where you find blood. a notebook and it's and it's full of these ravings. And so we're going to go through this thing piece by piece. And if you're the kind of person who's out there and you're thinking, I wonder what Brendan and Adam have to say about this. Like, I know what my own thoughts are and I know how I feel about the game. But, like, how is it that these two guys who never really got over the game, how do they feel about it? Well, we're about to tell you. Um, But before we get to those, those August details, um, Adam, what are you up to lately, pal? What have I been up to? I am continuing to run my Gamma World game. We've been been through session three of that. I've been recapping it at FullMetalRPG.com. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good read. That's a fun read every it's week. It's really gonzo, post-apocalyptic role-playing. Um, I'm digging how loose and, uh, and unfettered that game system is. 
um, and just kind of the, the little weird world that, that we have kind of building up and the experiences that the players are having in it. They're really bringing a lot to the game and, and helping develop it and kind of taking it in some interesting directions. So there's just a really, there's a lot of just it being, you know, kind of in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There's just so much random bizarre shit, um, that happens during that game. It's a lot of fun to run. It's a lot of fun just to watch them interact with the environs and the other people. So. It sounds like a lot of fun. Every time I hear somebody talking about it, I think it just sounds great, and I feel kind of bad that I missed the boat and playing uh, playing in it. And uh, you're at three sessions of that now, right? Which is yep. pretty, pretty yeah, fucking good. Yeah, three sessions in with the aborted first session after I got <laughs> called in <laughs> to deal with server problems at work. Um, mm. But yeah, third session, it's still going pretty strong. We get in anywhere from three to four hours of game time every time. So a pretty solid experience. Yeah. Um, you know, combat's not very finicky, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to play. Like I would say that combat doesn't even really factor into it that much. We had one in the last session, maybe. And the mo- vast majority of the time was uh, the players kind of running around and just dealing with the environment and the other people in it. Nice, nice, good, good. So yeah, it's been going pretty well. Um, Solid. Yeah, I got that, picked up um, <coughs> Demon. It was a deal of the day at drive through RPG, so I got Demon that. Demon the Descent. Yes, the new one, Demon yeah. the Descent. Uh, yeah. That was a, one of their deals of the day, so I got it. And man, the, the, <laughs> the one thing I will say is I'm still not sold on that whole print-on-demand concept just because the shipping is exorbitant it's yeah. really ridiculous I, it's media mail and these are thick books like they're, they're not they're, they're really fat they're heavy they're not inconsequential and just you get them and it's you know they're like 10 bucks for shipping and yeah. you're going i have to pay yeah. a premium on top it's of absurd. every book that i buy like a 20 percent premium yeah, sometimes yeah. on top of these books to you, get them mailed to me you're not beating sales tax when you do this right. drive-through rpg thing it's not like some kind of like oh well you know i'm right. gonna look through the book in the, the store but like going, is, oh it'll be cheaper for you and it's like it's but that really was just a not. lie that yeah. was just a complete lie at this point because their books are as pricey if not more so as just a, a core book at um at a game store, right? And, and it's then you don't get harder to, look to buy at them because you don't get to look at it. You don't know what's in it, so yeah. you're either trusting online reviews, which are well like, th- gushing for the most part. They, they do all that like open play testing, open you know, you, so you can read a bunch of it before you before you get a look at it. Yeah, but, I but mean, it's just it's really hard to get a sense of if the book is something you're even interested in when you can't see it. Because I know if I were to just judge Mummy based on you know the splat or the reviews on there, I'd be like, oh, I'm really interested in this. But as I talked to people, it was just kind of one of those, oh. Maybe yeah. I'm not so interested in this game based off of what I'm hearing. Right, right. Um, I got uh, Mage the Awakening 2nd Edition, which is a hefty tome, and uh, Ghouls and Revenants, and the shipping on that was eye-bulging. It really increased mm-hmm. the overall cost of the books to the point, especially considering that... Um, well, it wasn't so much of a big deal. I think it was I think it was a $39.99 for the not-great... Uh, paper version of right, Mage the Wayne Second, yeah, just, and, and those are fine. I don't the, the, the quote unquote premium ones are not like so good that you you right. absolutely have you to have pay them. the extra ten dollars. Neither one of them is as good as just an old book off the shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, none of them are as good as just the way they just used to be. And then I was in the used bookstore the other day, Bookman's over here in Mesa, and uh, I saw a Mage the Ascension Revised Edition on the shelf, and I was like. I wonder how much this thing is. And I picked it up, and it was fifteen bucks, half off cover. It, I mean, it doesn't. I, I know that that was like a while ago now yeah. that that came out. 
But yeah. like, but that was a thirty dollar core book when it came out. That was a thirty dollar book. Yeah. Okay. I think now the current like the to the the twentieth e one is like seventy nine dollars or something. Right. I mean, but it's it just, feels like they rehash a lot of the stuff that's in the core world of darkness books and the new books. They're so thick and they have all the everything in them, the skills and everything. Oh, and you I don't mean remember. for you mean for the Chronicles of Darkness? Yeah, stuff. Chronicles of Darkness stuff. It just oh, they I'm definitely like, do. I'm like, what? Why do I have like? Why are these all? Because they used to just be add ons. It used to be take your template right. and add this on, and now it seems like it's just oh no. Here's a complete game, yeah. and you're going to have the same rules however and, and, many of these games you buy. Old school World of Darkness guys will remember that that feeling of frustration whenever a new core book came out, and this is back when they cost $30, and we were like complaining about right. that. And I was like, oh, why do I got to buy the same rule set every single time I buy a oh, book? Oh, I got to read backgrounds again because yeah, you don't exactly. split out the backgrounds that are common to everyone and the ones that are specific to this game line. So I got to sit here and go through it every single time. Which is why when Chronicles of Darkness first came out, it was called A World of Darkness. It was genius cause, because there was Here is the Book, Here's the here's the book with the rules right. and the and the basic shit that everybody here's a gets. Template you lay on top of it, and then these book the game the games themselves are templates. But 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 because of Onyx Paths like ridiculous business model, they're now putting all of the um, base rules in the books so that because you can't. You right. can't look at you, you, you. You're not at the at the bookstore, and you can't hold them both in, in the hand and understand what they are. Well, that was almost frustrating, even about V20 and uh, <laughs> the Dark Ages V20. Is it's just like I I've had these two books that ostensibly have the same discipline, same rules, same bloodlines in them. Yeah. Um, and they're just there's a lot of repeated content. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think I don't think that that's I don't think that's a good idea. I I, I like the way um. White Wolf did the uh, Chronicles of Darkness material the first time right. better. Now I will say that the new the new Mage game is pretty interesting. Um, they've uh, changed it up a little bit. It's less dry. It's still it's still dry as a bone, but it's not it's not what the 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 snooze fest that uh, the first edition of that game that was was hard to read. Oh God, I know. It's I remember when it came right? out, I bought it and Boston Unveiled pretty much sight unseen and I tried reading the book and I was like oh this is like, awful fuck this and I said okay maybe if I read Boston Unveiled I'll get excited about the game and I'll go read the book and right. I got part way into that and just oh, no. not finish Boston it. Unveiled was not what I would call a good book it no, was it wasn't it was it was yeah it wasn't great yeah no um you know I'm reading uh the Great and Secret Show by Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. And if you like mage games, have you read the book? No, I haven't. You got to read it. Because it just turns out that there's so much so much stuff that is lifted straight out of that book. Just in the first 15, 25 pages. Um, it's, it's amazing. Like he, he calls the, um, he calls the, uh, space between the mundane world and the magical world the veil with like a capital capital v right and i mean they just took that like and put it into rate into 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 awakening and um there's all these characters in it that are just like oh holy shit these are mage the awakening characters it also reminds me quite a bit of um unknown armies oh okay um and so I think it's fucking great. I mean, to be totally honest, I think Unknown Armies itself is just like very, very heavily based on Clive Barker. So if you're like a Clive Barker guy, Unknown Armies is a good is is a good ar- uh, book to pick up. But um, yeah, so I got that. I got that, and it's it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you ran a game I, this weekend. Right? Oh, I sure did. Oh yeah. boy. So I ran um, 
<laughs> that, that sounds like a ring endorsement. Oh, yeah. It, it was, you know, I had a, here's the thing is I had a good time. I That's had a good time. Uh, I went out to Imperial Outposts with a couple people and um, I invited a whole slew of people and not a whole slew of people showed up, just a couple. Uh, the mysterious Jeff showed up. I hadn't gamed with him in like fucking forever, so it was good to play with him. Uh, Heather, the girlfriend, came out to play mostly because she didn't like want to go an entire day without essentially seeing me yeah. on the weekend. And then uh, this uh, new guy, Matt, showed up to play, and uh, I play AOS with him, oh, okay. and uh, he's he's pretty excited for Lamentations of the Flame Princess, and um, so he sat in, and uh, we did Scenic Dunsmouth, which is a great module, very chthonic, very raven lofty, um, and we had a lot of fun with it. We had a good time. We That's had a good, good time. It was, uh, it was, we just kind of played it for four hours or so, and then called an end to it. There was one of those great moments of uh, GM reward, though, where you were just like, you're just like, ah, yeah, this is why I do it. Um, the the book offers a number of different pretenses as to why the players could be doing all of this, right? And so the one I chose to get them into it, because none of my, no way I know plays what you call like heroic game like play they're never like oh let's go make the world right yeah yeah so, I, I i'm finding that out again where i'm just like oh right yeah, i don't play yeah. with the type of people who want to play heroes i play no. with the type of people who are like i'm gonna turn my character into a sadistic cannibal like just because that seems like the thing to do yeah exactly so i i, I knew that the that, that altruism wasn't going to motivate these guys so i decided to like way of gold in front of their face. So the um, the wind-up for uh, Scenic Dunsmouth is that uh, a provincial, sort of some, some sort of magistrate hasn't been able to collect taxes from this town. And so he sells you the the, 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 the indebted taxes of this town for a, an unbelievably cut rate. And then you as mercenaries, it's up to you to go there and like ring it out of these people, right? Oh, so you're playing like collection agency, the game. Sort of, yeah. sort of. And so you go out there and immediately you notice that something's amiss. This place is creepy and kind of like run down. And it also doesn't seem like there's a lot of like what you'd call material wealth to be had. And um, a couple encounters in, because it's mostly role-playing. It's a very role-play-y kind of adventure. It's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of hack and slash. There's no dungeons. There's no goblins or anything, right? It's mostly just you trying to figure something out. Ah, so it's a mystery. It's a mystery. And so they, um, the encounter a spider mutant like a little a little child who they think is a little child and they pull the curtain to the side and it's like this this child is like has a spider body and like and it's just like hey you know like this is totally normal and they freak out and they kill it right (laughs) they kill this monstrosity yeah Yeah. well obviously and um and then like two minutes later they're like well uh how are we gonna get those taxes (laughs) <laughs> we really need to find a way to get those taxes. And then I'm like, I'm, I keep on like trying to guide them towards this, like the cult infestation in the city. You know, yeah. like, like there's a, like a mad priest who's like, he's like, oh, I'm going crazy of all the things I've seen. And they're like, shut up Padre. Where's the taxes? <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> and then, and then the next that, that night they go to sleep and like they wake in the night and they see the townspeople like having like a, like a by torchlight meeting of, of the cult about like, well, what are we gonna do about these outsiders? And then the next morning they wake up and they're like, 
but what about the taxes? <laughs> and so I'm just like, okay, if you guys don't care about the fucking spider cold or whatever, yeah. then essentially like they went to the next house and the guy was like, oh yeah, we got tax money. It's out in the barn. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's go to the barn. And the, at that point, uh, Jeff goes like, is there a roll I can make to see if he's lying? I'm like, there is not. And he, I, he's like, oh, okay. I guess I go out to the barn. And I'm like, great. There's a spider cold out there and they kill you. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> That was the end it's of the game. all Wicker game. Man style. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, to be totally honest, it had a sort of satisfyingly cathartic ending. I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't displeased, and none of the uh, players seemed to be like unhappy or anything. So it was that greedy, you know, uh, that greedy character who met his just end, you know, as a result of his own his own actions. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, Paul I had- Reiser in Aliens or whatever. Yeah, 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 sort of, definitely. Um, I highly recommend Scenic Dunsmith. It's really great. It's a really great Lamentations module because the whole thing randomizes every single time, so it's never the same sound twice. Right. Never the same NPCs twice. You can just run it and run it and run it. Yeah, it they was, do a lot of cool stuff with that. It, it I, seems super interesting. Right? I love I love Lamentations. But we did not come here to speak of that, no. We did not. We did not. We um, came here to talk of World of Darkness and Forever Nights. Vampires. Vampires. All right. So uh, I guess we should probably cue the Forever Night music. We should. Right? Forever like, Night music time. Put it we'll in. Return shortly. Dun and. Dun and. All right. So uh, uh, we'll take a little break here, real quick. Yep. Play that music. And we are back. We hope you enjoyed that little musical interlude that we had for you. How could they not? It's the Forever Night theme song. It's That's fucking right. rad. It's the best theme song. Fred Malin. It's, uh, yeah. it's a good, good soundtrack. I think I actually have that soundtrack uh, somewhere in my collection. <laughs> I have to dig it out. I'll have to go unearth it from a do, cello grave. Do you... Do you, Adam? I do. I think I have both because there were two CDs, and I think I bought them both because I am such a Forever Night whore <laughs> slash completionist. There is an entire... Um, album of covers is there okay yes. i don't there's, have that. there's there's a music from forever night yeah that is like all goth bands doing forever night songs in fact uh well now i'm gonna go home and yeah. buy it <laughs> so thank you for that uh, on on this very podcast we will feature the bell book and candle cover of fred mullen's forever night theme okay do they have the night calls my name did anyone cover that one i don't i don't, okay. I don't know dude. I, I, did, I love did, that song don't, <laughs> didn't, didn't look too closely all right so, so this episode, episode three yeah episode three is titled for i have sinned which is a great title for an episode 
yeah, uh, kind of covers a a string of murders of some women at a local Catholic church in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. and we did establish it's Montreal. Well, yes, yeah, because you see Montreal Montreal uh, Trust Trust on one of the buildings because it's we, going. We paused it. It's it's the the Saint Laurent River or right. whatever, right? And they're, and they're and they're panning over the bay, and you can see Montreal Trust. So, yo, right. whoever on Wikipedia said that it's 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 uh, Toronto, eat a dick. Because it's clearly <laughs> fucking Montreal. Um, the the dialogue in this episode, man, it was uh, it was not great. Um, it starts off right, right with that first. You don't deserve to wear this, and oh, cuts yeah. on the hand, the gloved hand holding the crucifix. Yeah, and then immediately after that, like they're they Nick. Nick and Skank come in and they're like they oh they're so disgusted by this by this body because she's been crucified on the pavement. Yeah, Nick gets into his like typical like overacting where he's like he's like he's like I can't even look at it. And, and you like, find out later that the first two, one of them was decapitated and the other one was disemboweled. Well, so well, what, this oh. is the thing that set him off was like the spikes on the asphalt. Like well, the disemboweling was fine, it, the decapitation it, was fine, but the crucifixion was was a, was a bridge too far for it, old Nick. As in everything in Forever night it's am it's hard to tell it's ambiguous due to the bad acting and and bad dialogue yeah <laughs> what's really actually setting him off it could either be that she's in the shape of a cross which right. ends up really bothering him later in the episode every time he sees or, like two two pieces of of of, of like perpendicular wood yeah he's, like, he's, he's like, freaking ah! out he's like freaking out <laughs> yeah. um it could be the blood, and he's hungry because well, we saw that he in said previous there's episodes. There's not enough blood, though, because even when they take it away, there's not any blood there. Maybe there's he's two, really there's three hungry. Little tiny pools. Remember Maybe. in the last episode how he was like swooning, like yeah. every time, every time he saw like well, the he tiny... does a fair amount of swooning in this one too, oh, but it's just from God. all the crucifixes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> this one of the time best... is the crucifix. Right, he's just constantly swooning. One of the best other lines was Nat. She died of sheer unmitigated terror. Oh, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. What kind of mortician are you? Yeah. You are so bad at your job. Well, That's she, not a cause as, of death. As you and I were talking earlier, she's, she's, not, she's not a mortician. She's yeah. a she's a she's a coroner. Yeah, coroner. She's, it's, it's really different. Yeah, it's, it's a just, completely different discipline. It is, but it man. just it cracked me up. I was like, you can't put that on a death certificate. Sheer oh, unmitigated man. terror. Terror. That doesn't work. She died of a broken heart. Yeah, <laughs> she lost the will to live. It's like it's like it's like a, 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 Luke and Leia. Like, it's like Caruso, like putting on his his glasses. Yeah. You know. She died of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry. I, I the descent. Um. I mean, uh, so so basically, this this episode is is dealing with some pretty serious kind of like procedural tropes that are like incredibly well worn. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they were as well worn in like the early nineties, but they're but by no, this they point, definitely like, were. Cop dramas like Hill Street Blues and all that were well before Forever Night. Like, yeah. It, it had gotten to the point where it was old tooth by then. I mean, as far as the stuff that that I liked. Um, I liked all the stuff they did in the Raven. I like yeah. that they introduced more vampires. There were like the two punk vampires, and then there was Alma, like the kind of tarted up goth blonde we, vampire. We we really get this sense that there's a much bigger vampire population in the city than just, just Nick yeah. and his little chums. Right, but he does seem to we know didn't them necessarily all. get from the right. first two episodes. Right, and I dig that about it. Um, it definitely you get this feeling when when Nick's like stepping on the other vampires at the club that um. But he's like he's like laying the smack down on these Bruja guys, right? right. Like, Fuck you, Bruja. You guys gotta like step up. Yeah, the off. one who sneers at him and he just kind of looks at him and makes some offhanded comment yeah. about his about his like flossing his, his or dental oral hygiene. hygiene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's keeping it classy. That Nick. Yep. And uh, 
yeah, that was good. The scene where he took the garlic pill and kind of had his like freak out because yeah. he's trying to confront the things that this was a theme of the episode was confronting the things that he fears as a vampire. Right. There's a lot of religious overtones in this, which will really lead to its kind of like overwrought kind of gothic motif. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cathedrals in the background and a lot of stained glass and yep. a lot of votive candles and, and the, stuff. The part where they cut to the past is him interacting with Jean d'Arc. Who who else? Right. right? Who <laughs> else? Because if you're going to interact with anyone in the past, it's going to be Jean d'Arc. Right. And, yeah. Uh, Every vampire met her at right. least once. And so, uh, yeah, he's talking to her and she's trying to redeem him and talk about the everlasting. I forgot. And because I will that's say what you his, would do, of his course. His Dark Ages look uh, was so much better than his oh, Modern Ages look. So boss ass. He's got this great kind of like, do they call it a doublet or something? Yeah, like it's like this kind of like cloth thing that goes over his chain mail. Right. It, he looks super he looks cool. Really cool. And his hair looks a lot better. Like He just it's looks true. really cool as a Dark Ages vampire. He looks, I thought he looked very La Sombra. Yeah. And I, even the hood when he's like watching... Uh, Joan of Arc be burned at the stake like the hood looks very yeah. good and yeah. even even if her her wig cap bald wig cap oh did my not God. look very good it, it was so, <laughs> so bad. bad it's so bad yeah uh, but yeah. yeah those flashback scenes weren't weren't great they weren't they, the high point of the episode they were not sure. on the level of the episodes one and two flashback scenes but they were not. I mean, the entire thing was not on the level of episode it wasn't. one and two. The writing, the direction, it felt very by the numbers. It was, yeah, yeah. They're, they're it doing, was very they're, Chekhov's gun, like we're going to show you a thing and it's going to be very important. And if we show you something, you know it's going to become very important later. There's no subtlety. They're just doing the kind of like old school TV thing where it's like A to A. It's, it's like here's the little monster of the week. Here's the conundrum of the week. Um, let's, there, there's gotta be the little percentage quotas of like banter and like mm. scariness. There's a lot of like women in peril yet again. And Nick is such a shit. Bag. He's oh, so bad. Fuck. He's just like, he's such a terrible person. When you're watching him, you just kind of want to hit him. He's like, he's Jeanette tries to do the thing to tempt him with her, the blood that she dipped her finger in and he grabs her wrist again. He's and, grabbing all these women again. Yeah, he's just grabbing them by the wrist. And he, just, he grinds on her. He yeah, grinds he grinds on he her. He starts first. grinding on her in the club, yeah. and then he's like, "I'm here about work. Yeah, I'm here like, for business." Yeah, like, like, <laughs> what the hell was that about? Yeah, then, I know, man? right? Like, dude, you're the one that's like fucking yeah. railing her in the ass, like <laughs> completely uninvited. That was not I mean, very businessy. Yeah, way to Jesus, it's like boundaries, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he definitely, he definitely does not respect boundaries. No. He's, he's definitely got that Donald Trump. I'm an elder vampire. I, I do what I want. I do what I want. I just go grind on him. They and love it. They're gonna do about it. They love it. Yeah, and he's. Yeah, it's very strange. And yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to a, watch in spots. There's a very like Madonna horror kind of thing going on too as they oh, go through the yeah. episode, which is very kind of very off-putting to watch. Yeah, with 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 contemporary sensibilities, these shows really show their weaknesses. You're just like you're just constantly rolling your eyes and kind of like like smacking your lips at the just unbelievably just, just right, really easy the one easy he's portrayals. Trying, the you know, one he's trying to save is a sex worker. Right, she works on. On a phone sex line dude she's I mean, okay she works on a phone sex line and their entire like perception of the lives of phone sex workers were really really weird, off yeah. really strange very bizarre and yeah so yeah i yeah i can't say that i was in love with uh the episode yeah was, yeah this is not a good one it was very uneven um yeah, this is not a good one 
guys. Yeah, um, not, but not Jeanette this and one. the other vampires were cool. That was yeah. interesting. So uh, it's like you can't really say that nothing was added because mm-hmm. because we did learn more about what the the greater context of the show. Right. We also learned that Jeanette's not a super big fan of Lacroix either. That was right. kind of interesting. Yeah, that was interesting, and it was she interesting seeing a, her come to to Skanky's rescue as well, and just being like, "Get out oh, of here, yeah. never ever come back." <laughs> they do some kind of like pointless uh, character building with Skanky, where it's like he's trying to be this Lothario, but then he like then he gets in trouble with vampires, but then he's like, it turns out he's really like, uh, I got a heart of gold, and yeah. he was just kind of <laughs> yeah. like, I love my wife. He was just getting out, I was out, outside my lane, guys. Yeah. I was just really trying so hard to be a player. So, oh, okay. Didn't work. So yeah, yeah th- that was really the episode. It wasn't too much to go over and i guess yeah the thing was even the murder wasn't anyone they built up he just kind of came out of left field you know they're like oh here he is oh, and they're like well okay it, i guess in in a sort of hackneyed trope that they will essentially ring so dry by the end of the 90s that it's unwatchable now they've got the frustrated religious dude mm-hmm. who's like lurking at the periphery of a, a religious community and he's like kind of he's like a yeah. creepy perv kind of like pay yeah and of course it's always women he yeah. wants to make pay because mm-hmm. That's the way these guys are. And then you, you, you see him at the end, and he looks like somebody who just—he's like coming home from like the Young Republicans convention or something, you <laughs> a know? Lot of pomade in his hair looks like one yeah. of Donald Trump's kids. He's yeah. like he's like he's like real frustrated with his life, you know? Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, there's no real character building on him. In fact, even when there's they, no character building on him, the most the only person other than Nick who really gets and, and Skanky who really gets character building is that priest. And the priest, yeah. as you pointed out is uh the guy from lex yeah if you're a lex fan if you're into like shitty sci-fi or if you're just in the kind of person who like is interested in drawing lines between different co- pop culture phenomenon mm-hmm. the 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 weird alien dude with the bouffant from from lex whose his character's name is kai he's right. played by uh michael mcmanus the uh he uh, uh the act the character actor um he plays the priest, and that's that's that's, that's uh that was fun. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of fun to see him there. Oh, hey, yeah. look, there's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, in terms of uh, okay, before we get onto the the world of darkness implications of all this, let's discuss the jackets real quick. Yeah, we we see <laughs> because the, we got to and well, the turtlenecks. There's because <laughs> he's still wearing those horrible loose <laughs> turtlenecks. Fucking turtlenecks. The purple shirt wasn't bad. I dug the purple shirt. Uh, the purple shirt. Yeah, I was wearing that purple shirt in that one scene. But. Is it is it is it when he was wearing like a black jacket because mm-hmm. that worked yeah. really well together. Yeah, it worked really well. Yeah, so his jacket game was not as terrible. I would say that that I'm going to give him two out of three. There's three jackets that we see him wearing, Mm -hmm. and two of them are on point. Well, okay, one of them is on point. One of them is acceptable, right. and then one of them is just fucking god awful. Because right, he's got that nice long leather one that's that's, that's really nice looking. Yeah, and, and that's super. He's got rad. the shorter leather one. That's uh, well, the shorter black one. That's okay. But, but, but was that one's not black? It's oh yeah, brown. you're right. It's brown. It's a, it's an yeah. overcoat, and I was and my first thought was like, oh sweet jacket game, Nick. And then you go into the light and you see that's brown. Yeah. Now, and then he's got yeah, like a brown jacket's fine. Right. But it's not like an everyday thing. It's kind of like a like oh I'm I'm proving that it, I'm, I'm it a, I have look, more than just one color. It in didn't my closet. look as good as the other one. The other one looked right. a lot better. And Super then great. There's the final one. And he fucking ruins it all with that goddamn <laughs> duster. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> duster's back. Like are you a, are you a cowboy uh, or like. Jesus what the hell is Christ. going on here? I know it's so disappointing. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, his uh, his look was not great. His no. Dark Ages look was way better, but Dark, yeah, his modern yeah. era look was was pretty sad. And, yeah, and very disappointing. That, I, that, I wasn't thrilled with it. Me neither. There were no um, real high points in the in the. Everybody modern else era was look. pretty much whatever. The only other person I can think of whose wardrobe really. St- 
stuck out to me like a sore thumb was the priest in the overalls. Like, I'm yeah. the down-home yeah. country priest yeah. wearing my overalls. This- and I was like, why would you wear the overalls over the black slacks and the black shirt that you have to wear as a priest? Like, why are you in overalls well, of all things? Well, of course, because they were building this giant uh, edifice that is going to get burned at the right. end of the episode. Yeah, his pyre needs- with a cross yeah. in the middle of it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. so you seem to have confused yeah. the clan with Catholics. It's and very they are two very separate things. It's very, very weird. Yeah, um, I, I could not but, figure out where they were going. But, but that, that guy was played by a different character actor who was in like uh, some uh, like Am Sandler movies, right? Yeah, something. He yeah. Was, yeah. He, it's sort, he it's was sort of a treat to see him because he, he's playing like a, a typically, a very typically him character. Yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting episode. It wasn't great. Um, how, how do you feel about its implications for the world of darkness? Is there anything in here that you could use for a game? Is there anything? That, because first of all, the like the religious killer mm-hmm. is like so fucking done. If you're if you're like sitting here like, oh, that sounds like a great game for like, a great a great plot hook for my world of darkness game, just don't. Right. Just don't do it. It's so fucking tired. Yeah. You know? so there's gotta be something know. else. Like, what else there, is there? There. Oh, the I mean, even the Jones priest like grappling Ark? with Ugh. the priest grappling with like the rules of the church and the sanctity of the confessional. It's so. Is done and you can't do anything with that it's uh, so two-dimensional i would say about the only thing that i would take out of it for world of darkness was the club scene in the raven like yeah. that very first club yeah. scene i'm in the same spot um, and kind of like that disassociative scene where he takes the garlic pill and kind of has this thing where he that was kind of cool he wigs out a little bit like yeah. i could see using that for like a frenzy or a rotshut kind of sure. situation sure i can see that it's really about all that I could see that you could pull out of that. Those were the gems that were hidden in just the the mountain of excrement that was the rest yeah, of the episode. That, if you're it, willing to it was dig through, uh, you know that big pile of festering yuck, then you can pull a couple things out of it. Um, that was about it. Yeah. If you, if you like hackneyed dialogue, I mean, you, there's well, a couple I mean, gems a in there that game. you can. Just um, pluck out and use. So I I think that if you took some pretty detailed notes on the Raven. You could use it as a really cool club you in could. the city, like especially the if you're running second edition. And- if you're playing second edition Masquerade, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, like you were saying, um, yeah, that's that's like pretty much it. Yep, that's, that's about it. Much you got it. a couple oh. of vampires you could use as Bruja. You got Jeanette. You could use as fairy. And Alma, you could use as fairly stereotypical Toreador. And then you got Nick, who you could use as like a asshole ventru who just knows better than everybody else and is just gonna run roughshod over everything i don't i don't like the idea that you have to have your characters interacting with historical personages yeah i've never loved that like when yeah. you read a book and they're like oh look in this city book it's rasputin and you're like i don't yeah do rasputin don't want rasputin in Ra- this book rasputin showed up in like how many different old world of darkness books like uh he was in mulcavian uh-huh right he was like a cultist of ecstasy or something he was nosferatu he was a were I don't know, was he a werewolf he I might don't have remember. been he I was did, a bunch of different everybody stuff. had their fucking uh claws, uh, claws and rasputin fucking that guy it was yeah. yeah i don't know man um hey, i'm just not a big fan it's usually not it's usually not well done no um and no. this wasn't egregiously bad this wasn't like like didn't show Nick like hanging out in like Da Vinci's lab, like helping him or anything. Like I All hate right. that. That stuff's always the worst. When they're like, where they're like, you should paint Mona Lisa not smiling or something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then you know, like, whackity schmackity do. Yeah, I yeah, hate it's, that. It's a little. I hate yeah, that it's, crap. It's it's tropey and I don't like it. Yeah. Um. So overall, this uh 
this episode, what, what, what would you give it? I would give it. A, I would give it one giant pile of maggots because it was just. I'd give it like a two out of five. It was two not out of five. What? Two out of five. Let's go. Uh, bags of blood. IV All bags right. full of blood. Two out of five bags uh, of blood. It wasn't I give it one giant pile of maggots. It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't terrible they could have made it way worse than it was it, but it certainly was not <laughs> certainly was not a thing where i was kind of like that was okay or oh that was a lot of fun to watch i was just like i don't really want to watch that ever again we, we have not found the floor we have not found the floor on the on how bad these episodes will get oh However, yeah you're we will right find that floor at some point it, and- it, it is not notable in any way it's not like if, if, if it if it was like the it was there's was a rainy day yeah, or you, you just wanted to curl up on the couch and watch you wouldn't watch this episode yeah, unless alma shows back up again it's completely forgettable in every way yeah, I, I don't know much. that it has any implications on the series it or doesn't the there's no way that it could there's just no way unless they bring back the priest which to be totally honest because it's the it's that michael mcmanus guy maybe wouldn't be bad I'd i don't be, know I would that not they object. do though i can't imagine a context that they this is just before it's very much of serialized the television yeah, in a certain way yeah, you it's know? very much the blank of the week yeah. formula I don't like know that he'll be back. Those shitty next generation episodes where like nothing makes any sense. And yeah. I, oh, and also, I mean, I guess like in in the last seconds of this review, the like what we're what what is meant to be taken as like police procedural is like laughable. Yeah, right. We this is the Riker with no beard phase of the show. Yeah. So we're yeah, gonna unfortunately just, it is. we're gonna tough it out until we get to the part where Lacroix comes back and and should be any time now. <laughs> Lacroix is Riker with the beard, <laughs> and we're really looking forward to that. Should be any time now. All right, guys. Um, so we're going to take one more break and then we're going to come back to, I, I don't know, like the last supper or like the ultimate shit show. I don't even know what this thing is. We're just going to come back to it and just start dissecting it. We're oh, going to tear apart this dude. corpus, like two mad vivisectionist Zimache with yeah. like that Ventru lackey that they captured. And we're going to take out all the, the gibbets and giblets and all that and put them on a table and label them and see what we have at the end of it. And Our, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll throw it into a Schlotzka or set it up as a guard or something i don't know our war against the shamir will never end is all it i have to say end. it'll never end until the usurpers are all dead I, ash in the sun i do not forgive and i do not forget all right we'll see you in a second time to talk about the main grand event masquerade it, was it grand was it's it a, a grand, grand masquerade well there uh, yeah yeah I, hey I, you know what man i wasn't there i wasn't there and i suspect that i wasn't there is going to be a theme did you for feel me. like you were there Unf- you know because we had come to this agreement this is what we were doing uh-huh. i felt transfixed as though dominate were being used upon me and i could not look away so does that count as being there I I felt more like it was nightmare, like nightmare was being used on me, and but I was, nightmare would make you run. I you was seeing, I, I was seeing something that that was uh, that I loved, but it was like terrible and distorted oh, yeah. and horrific. Yeah, and uh, I was forced to watch it. 
Oh, yeah. Well, so to those who, um, especially Christopher, our friend Christopher, who uh, runs a really great uh, Facebook Facebook page that we interact with, um, he wanted to know what, what our take on this was. And right. uh, well, Let's get into it. Holy shit. So the... Our, our, take start off, we're, our take we're, is bad, right? Yeah, we're tabletop gamers, so to start we're right tabletop off... tabletop gamers, motherfuckers. To start right off, this, I don't feel, was for us. Dude, dude, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Do you think I'm wrong? Because This is I the really, future, man. I, right, I think it is the future, but I don't think that they have uh, our audience in mind at all. No, they don't. I, I think that they are exactly very clearly focused on... Uh, interactive entertainment, yep. which they kept bringing up yep. and clubbing you over the head with. I think Every they, are, they are they sold had. on interactive entertainment as yep. the future of role playing, and and at the center of that, and at, at the, the same at the, time at the saying core, things like we're going to surpass D and D and Pathfinder, and I'm like, okay, well, because you have two very different goals that you have just uh, you know illuminated here. It, you want to beat D and D and Pathfinder who don't have LARP and who are very hyper-focused on the tabletop experience. But you're telling me tabletop is an afterthought to us. We're really focused on live action and more of these events like the grand masquerade it's, and the, what, what, whatever the one was in, yeah, the, in Europe. The, uh, um, fuck the one where the, the, the conclave where the Canaria yeah, gets formed. The Convention of Torns. The Convention and, of Torns, yes. And so they, they're very, we're like, oh, we're going to do that. And it's going to be very important. And we want community involvement. The, the core of the White Wolf experience is moving away from tabletop and into LARP. And we, into licensed we, products, because they well, said, we're not a publishing company. We're White Wolf, because they said, we're very clear, we're not a publishing company. We're White Wolf Entertainment. Right. And we are licensing these properties to other things. And the one line was Netflix, Netflix, Netflix show, show by 2020, 2020 or, go or go home. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, okay, fine. I, I'm not. I, They're insane. I'm not they, in one way or the other on that. I'm kind of indifferent to it, but I, I've I, I have strong opinions about this in particular because I was talking about this when we I kind of basically touched on it <clears throat> when we did the uh, episode thirty of FMRPG and we were doing the mailbag, and so I kind of watched a little bit so I could tell uh, Christopher what my my initial impressions of it were. I, I was skipping around through the masquerade video a lot, right, and um. I came away from it very positive. Like, oh, they're going to give us a lot of different stuff and we can really expect to see Vampire have a higher profile and they're going to really try and... Well, they and certainly they, seem to they, want they're that. They're going to market us on like a different, just, on a I new level. because they did a Constantine show and it wasn't... Dude. It wasn't very well received and I don't think it was very good. This and is so... A, oh, it was fucking terrible. But that's like, I don't know how they're going to make this work in the current environment. They, they it, keep comparing what they want to do to Marvel and everybody who wants to come out with all their guns blazing and be the new Marvel seems to sort of miss what exactly it was that Marvel did. Well, because DC tried to do, but they went trying, they went the ultra-dark route, and it didn't work. Nobody wants that anymore. The, the, and this so is the problem, man. Marvel, movie, Marvel movies have a sense of humor, and I don't know that, that you're going to be able to make well, now we're the world in, of darkness have a sense of humor. I, I, I don't think you have to have a sense of humor. Here's the, here's the problem, is people keep trying to build from the top down. Mm -hmm. People keep trying to... Marvel 
Marvel built from the ground up. First of all, Marvel hadn't stopped publishing comic books for like 10 years mm-hmm. and then just decided to suddenly start doing that again. Start doing it again. Oh, hey, let's get yeah, this. We're gonna... Let's revitalize this brand. Let's see, let's get Marvel comic books back into comic shops. What do you think of that? You know, they already had a brand that was in the stores and the people knew. It hadn't mm. been on fucking hiatus for 10 years, okay? Like, and, and then they took a bunch of like C-level characters and slowly, over the course of essentially like a decade, wove them into something big. Mm-hmm. They didn't start out with like 900 projects and then say, oh, let's also have that funneled down into a singular idea. Right. I think they kind of started with Iron Man because they were like, if it fails, exactly. it doesn't matter. Because yeah, exactly. it's not one of our big properties. They, like, Because we tried to launch the Hulk twice and it blew up both times. Yeah. And we can't seem to get a Captain America movie or a Spider-Man movie to work. You know, so it was like, all right, let's just start with a guy that we don't care about. And if he fails, he fails. And if he succeeds, great. And he, he succeeded very admirably, I think. I, I, I think I would agree. Um, but they didn't start out building this fucking thing whole cloth. And you listen to these guys at the panel talking, and they don't talk about the game at all. They, It's a fucking, it's a fucking convention right. at a fucking panel about fucking role-playing games and no one's talking about role-playing games they did, did mention the signature that? characters a number of times yeah, but like, what i feel bad about and what i don't think anyone has told them is their signature characters are not great well, uh, they got, specifically I, mentioned lucita theo bell like all the ones i hate the most and they're just like oh yeah we want people to know who these guys are and i was like really because i don't like when people ask me about those, like where, oh, you mean like, and I'm like, that's not, don't worry about that. That's not what the game is about. I, I got the sense that one of the positive things I did get from them was the sense that they are moving those guys to the side. I hope, but the, uh, then they said the thing where they're like, oh, we want to make it about your characters. And the only thing I want to hear about less than Lucita and Theo Bell and Anatole and Beckett is yeah. uh, John Smith's Ventru from the LARP in Orlando, Florida. The, yeah. I could give a shit about that character. I don't want to hear about these LARP games. I don't want to hear about what these people are doing with their LARP games. And I sure as shit don't want a bunch of LARP games becoming canon every year, fucking up everything that I'm trying to build. This is exactly where this entire thing is going, which is meet the new aristocracy of the white wolf canon universe which is your friendly neighborhood larp LARP group which i mean essentially the most obnoxious group of guys at every game store put a stake in it it's done at that point like i mean leave it out in the sun these because because it's done i'm telling you these these this is the future, man. Because for a while, they were doing that with the card game events. They were like, oh, yeah, this card game event is now going to become canon. And I was like, I don't want Vampire the Eternal Struggle, like <laughs> like uh, regional finals, to be like a world-defining thing for the world of darkness. Some guy comes in there and is like, oh, I'm going to play, you know, my 10-blood uh, Marcus Vital card and put a motorcycle and a leather jacket on him. And, like, and then he kills this other guy. And that's now the thing that happened in the world. Like, I don't. No, please don't do that because you have a lead of storytelling and his name, his title is lead of storytelling. That guy should be the one driving the vision of your product. And well, I mean, he is. And this is the and this is the division he has. This is the vision, which is like it's a bad vision. It's like one of those 
it's one of them creepy weird visions. I, I mean, don't, I, here, I don't here's like the thing, vision. man. Here's the thing that here's, here's, I think the pulse that they're trying to, to, to put their finger on here. And I think that when you, when you say like, Oh, well D and D doesn't have LARPs. I think you're using the wrong word. I think the word that you should be using is cosplay. I think it's the, just cosplay man is D and D has like the, 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 whatever those events are, the, the weekly D and D encounters events. Like they have that kind of stuff where they do the world building stuff, but it's a supplement they put out and you go through yeah, it yeah. as, as a group. They don't just go like, Oh guys from, you know, uh, Saskatchewan send us your, you know, your write up on what your last session was about. Yeah, and we'll, we'll like canonize it uh, officially into, I, I wouldn't take any of that too seriously. It's obviously clear that they are going to sit there and be the gatekeepers of, yeah, of, of, of what just, comes and what goes. But what what you really have to look at are those pictures that came back from Convention of Torns, mm-hmm. where it was all those guys in their like five hundred dollar outfits with their five hundred dollar tickets, hanging out in Europe for a weekend, pretending to be vampires, and these are the fucking guys who are going to be running the show from now on. Yeah, I know, and you that's know? frustrating, and it just and, feels and they, masturbatory because they have that documentary they're doing now. They're like, we're doing, doing a world of documentary about documentary. themselves, and it's so Jesus masturbatory. Christ. It is the, like most egotistical just i don't bonkers thing i've ever heard because i'm i'm in theory their target market for this and i would rather drive rusty nails through my dick than watch this thing oh i'll watch it but like it's gonna be i'm gonna be drunk if i watch it i am gonna be sneering the entire time because i saw so many smash cuts of like cool sexy people being vampires and i want to know where the fuck those guys play because i have never met any of them there was a plenty of that and there was plenty of the non-sexy people being vampires too and like not to judge and i'm not shaming anybody here but like i'm just not interested in that i don't care about other people's games i don't care about what other people uh, yeah like to an extent i guess i do because i listen sure. to podcasts and i like but other people's games i, I just, love it it's like my favorite thing i just don't i don't want to watch a movie about it i guess is maybe the thing i don't know i it's, don't want to watch a movie that is selling the idea that this is something that it isn't you know because i mean the other thing too is they said oh yeah we want to thank you know this person for bringing us sets from true blood and american horror story yeah it's like i don't want like, I, why isn't it its own thing? I don't want to set from True Blood. But I don't I mean, want to feel like Suki Stackhouse is there. Those, those, see, those, both those, those shows had seasons in in Louisiana, and yeah, that's I, just, a, I mean, they shoot those shows in L.A. You know, yeah, I mean, it's I like just, they're not actually know. in Louisiana. It's, I just it's, want it's it part to be of its the, own thing. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, the other uh, thing too was just if you were watching the Grand Masquerade thing, the editing and that was super choppy. Like, oh, there were dude. all these jump cuts. Yeah, it was very. Yeah, it was hard to watch to an extent. You have to wonder why they um, cut it the way they did. You have to kind of wonder what they cut out. There was that one scene at the end, I think, where of of Shane DeFreeze's, um where he was, where he, or I mean, no, it was Erickson. Yeah, and he's, and he's just and sitting he's there, standing like, there watching like, a video yeah, presentation for like three minutes or something. Yeah. And you're like, what did those fuckers get to see that we didn't? Yeah. Is that the actual thing that would get me hard for this? Because like right now, I'm very flaccid. I can't imagine it was, but yeah, I I don't know. I, like, they did say they want to reengage in a more direct and consistent level, which I'm I'm happy to hear from them finally. Um, what what, what does that mean? You mean like by, by uh, like reengage with the community because it's been the last thing they put out was what V20 right? That was yeah. years ago, and the next book they're gonna put out. Is is V fifth V five yeah in two thousand late two thousand eighteen 
early 2018 early 2018 okay so like uh, a year from now a year year yeah. and a quarter from now or whatever that's coming out so i mean cool but we've got a, a year where I, I want them to engage and show us what's happening um i like they've got mobile games coming out which if i yeah. played mobile games i guess maybe i'd get excited about but i, I was I don't. talking to ben about this and he was like dude be careful man because all these um Mobile games are fueled by in-game purchases. Right, they're he's in-app like, purchases. He's like, he's like, don't, don't. Um, he's like, if this is just a bunch of in-app purchases, then it's like it's gonna be a fucking clusterfuck. And at first, I was like, I was like, oh, oh come on, dude, pish posh. This is these guys are smart. They know what they're doing. And then mm-hmm. after watching that thing, I'm just like, nope. fuck yeah. me in the goat ass. Well, they're gonna what? They're also revising the Camarilla license for the for the fan group. So now yeah. that you'll interact directly with White Wolf for that, rather than having to go through that other fan group because there was that one fan group that was overseeing all of that for them and you had a sub license from them so now you have to go directly to white wolf i mean okay so like and they're trying to do a dnd guild a, a, mm-hmm. a dm's guild kind of thing which i'm right. like womp womp late to the party as usual when mm. did these guys stop well, they haven't innovators? been publishing for 10 years i haven't <laughs> put anything out i <laughs> Dude, I, I'm so frustrated with these dudes right now. It is, like, I am too. Ridiculous. Well, one of the other things too was they're like, oh, we won. Geek Culture won. And then they proceed to like bag on how terrible geek culture is for 10 minutes. And you're just yeah. like, so what did we win? That part in the beginning. We didn't win anything. That part in the beginning where they brought out the like, um, the certificate from the mayor mm-hmm. talking about how much he loves fucking vampire players. Yeah. I was just like, this is the biggest fucking sellout bunch of bullshit in the entire fucking universe. Like, remember when people used to like, when cops used to like run you off for playing LARPs mm-hmm. and like, it was like kind of like an underground kind of like edgy kind of thing to do. Right. And now we're sitting around getting our fucking backs clapped by the goddamn mayor. Like, fuck that's this. just a convention like, thing though. They do this. that for every major uh, convention. Cause I went to a, a, a WordPress convention, WordCamp where they did that. Like the city of Philadelphia came out and presented you know, the community was like, oh, Jesus. it's WordPress Appreciation Day or whatever. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything. Oh, I've this never had that experience. This is such like a make everybody feel happy about themselves kind of thing. It's just- we, but the thing is, is we shouldn't even want it. We should have like ripped it up in front of the fucking like cameras and been like, and lit mm-hmm. it on fire with like a Sabbath light or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm, fuck you, mayor. We're coming for your daughters. That. That's right. You know, I mean, what the hell, man? I would have been fine with that. But yeah, it's just, it was very weird. And then they, he was talking about geek culture. Oh, there's a new topic to fight about every week. And I was like, how? long have you been involved in geek culture because it's been like that since i can remember yeah like i remember being in comic shops in the 90s like early 90s and late 80s and like getting in like tussles with people about like which superhero was better you know could could hulk beat superman and I, I liked how they busted out the covers of those old White Wolf magazines mm-hmm. and then dogged the Wig Brothers art yeah. for like for like three minutes. That was pretty and, great. And then they were like, oh yeah, but seriously, we love it. And it's like, fuck you, man. There was like something weird going on there. Did you notice when they put up the whole like who's who of White Wolf mm-hmm. that there wasn't a picture of Andrew Greenberg up there? Yeah. Which it's like, it's like... I mean, is there a beef there? There's some pretty there was some pretty heavy retconning going on and who was like yeah. important to White Wolf. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then I love the part about like, oh, you need to ban abusive players. It solves things. Like like if it makes your game better, get rid of them and it's just kind of like, okay, but like that gets into the whole Q&A segment which yeah, we'll get into we'll, after yeah. we dig through this thing. Oh, let's see here. Oh, I did like the line, we're not going to get a fourth chance, because I was like, well, I mean... Yeah, I I didn't understand what the fuck he meant. How many chances have they had? Well, because they had their 
first one where they launched. Then they did the CCP one, which I guess was chance oh. number two. And then Paradox is their third chance. So they seem to be of this oh, opinion, like, it. we're not going to get a fourth chance. And I'm like, well, I mean, I was surprised you got a third chance. So I wouldn't write anything out yet. But I mean, I don't I don't I don't even necessarily agree with that. I think that like uh, Vampire will always be cool as a property that like even if they fucking like ring this thing dry. There's still a lot of love for it, which they do talk about even yeah. years later. There's still a lot of love for it. I mean, so. all it takes is the right group of people to get a hold of the license and then publish it in like obscurity. Right. I don't know if these honest, are the right That would people. be fine. Oh well, the, these guys obviously did, don't aren't familiar with obscurity and don't want to be right. And so yeah, then we that was uh, that was the first guy. I mean that was yeah, that, that was, was Shane. Uh, yeah, then Shane we got DeFreeze. to Tobias, and Tobias's thing was very CEO speaky, and oh, yeah, it was a yeah. lot of we're a participatory. Media oh my god, company. this thing was so boring. We are most excited about working with the live action concept and get it to be big, really big. Yeah, I, I had that exact same thing in my notes. We I are most excited to get about LARPs. even a little bit. Um, I, I, the, where they're going to move the meta plot into a new timeline, which you have to because you Gehenna'd everything. So they're like, oh, now it's going to be a long end. Now it's going to be a long Gehenna. Well, and, I mean, that makes sense. And I a think new that Inquisition. Makes, and I was like, well, depending on how you handle it, cool. Okay, but, the, what I'm totally down with is the long Gehenna. I think that like that makes perfect sense. Instead given, of like the ten page Gehenna could happen well, this way, Gehenna could happen this the, way. The, Gehenna could the original this way. Gehenna was written in this incredibly literal way, right. where it's like, oh no, it's the literal end of the world and fire. And I guess my question is, it, should I take my Gehenna book that's at home on my shelf and like uh, dispose of it? Well, I, I mean, I the know. answer to that is obviously yes. Yes, I, I mean. Yeah. It was never what you'd call a good book. It was I mean, never I, really I what I one. called a good book. But. I have one just for, you know. Oh, do you? For shits and giggles? Yeah. yeah but you know, it was but. never really a great book. You're not wrong, but it was one of those things where it was, it was. it's at the end of my collection as the capstone to the collection. It is. Here it is. This is the end of the entire thing. And now apparently I'm going to pull it down and put it somewhere else because it's. I, I don't even know what it is anymore. So, it's look, looking, well, I mean, it's, it was an interesting thought experiment. And it is still the capstone to the third edition revised uh, collection, which I have to say, I'm just going to interject here and to all you listeners, if you are a fan of Vampire and you think maybe some of this stuff might be making you feel a little bit queasy, what you're hearing, now is a great time to be on the secondary market scooping up books, okay? Um, I have been relentlessly collecting second edition books, and let me tell you, man, they are cheap. Really? If you remember, if you remember the good old days of second edition, and you want to maybe keep playing Vampire, but you don't necessarily want to do any of this new shit, go out there and get those second edition books. They're fucking great. They're very easy to find. The third edition books are like harder to find, and they're kind of unreasonably expensive. But if that's your thing, I think once the fifth edition hits, I think that those the numbers, the prices on that are going to start going down. Again I'm even too. starting to see the uh, World of Darkness stuff. The on the yeah. R- the new one chronicles of darkness chronicles of darkness starting to show up and use bookstores now i'm yeah. seeing a lot of that stuff in there now yeah, yeah. whereas i never saw it before it was hard to find those now it's i'm like true. oh look here's this book that i never would have thought i'd see here yeah yeah you're seeing because i don't think that they sold very many of them and yet here it is like there's two copies of world of darkness at the used bookstore near my house that doesn't really have it's got a role-playing section that's like uh, the, uh, the really tiny world of darkness the blue book yeah it's the uh, blue book and they have two the hardcover there hardcover yeah yeah uh. Yep, there's two copies of it. Uh, I might need one of those. Um, oh, well, if you want one, let me know because there's two of them sitting there. So. Is that that half price books? Yeah, half price books. Yeah. Over on Power. Uh, 
near my house. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, they got two of them, and I was like, oh, look, here they are. Like, just sitting here. Yeah. Up for grabs. Anybody wants them? Come get them. Like, they're here. Yeah. So I see a lot of Pathfinder stuff again, too. Cause yeah, Pathfinders. Like, a ton of Pathfinder Yeah, Pathfinder is starting to work its way out of the um, people's guts. So, yeah, then we... Uh, let's see here. They definitely want to do TV and movies. Um, one thing I was really excited about was they talked about a Korea by Night book. Oh, yeah. Which now, I was like, if, if there is an English translation of that book, I will get it. Because it's I, made by the by the publishers who are in Korea. Yeah. And I think that would be a really interesting book because I'm most interested to see, is it a KOE book? Is it a Vampire the Masquerade book? Right. Is it a mix of the two? Like, what do they do with it? And I'd just really like to read it and see what it's all about. Here's what's sad is I don't think we'll get to see it. I don't think we ever will either. Because um, Shadowrun, which I've been exploring quite a bit lately, actually has this same thing going. Apparently, Shadowrun is quite big in Germany, sort of weirdly. So they have they have a unique publisher in Germany that reprints all of their books in German. Okay. But they also release their own books. So there's like all these Shadowrun books that you can only get in German. It's like super fucking weird. weird. Like like uh, 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 there's a Berlin source book. Like it's a printed book. Right. Can't get it. Can't get it. It's in German. Yeah. It's in German. Well, I hopefully someone will translate it. I don't know. I'd love a I'd love a translation of it to be available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a lot there will be a lot more events like this because it is important. And I was yeah, like, well, that's more, great, but I'm not going to attend them. More cons, more costumes. Yeah, I'm just not more... interested in that. That's not what I'm about. I'm a tabletop dude. I'm player. a tabletop role player, and yeah. that is what I just kept hearing. I mean, that was the subtext. That was the between right. is, the this lines. This is not for you. You're not welcome. You're done. It's like, you're done. You're a relic. Get out. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't know how you're going to defeat D&D and Pathfinder. Every, every so that. often they would say something kind of like, um, like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to have some great books and we're going to have some books for the tabletop guys. And, yeah. you know, this will work great for the tabletop guys. And then they'll be like, and then they'd be like, okay, and then back to the LARPs. Well, they talked about their Humble Bundle. They talked about this earplay audio interactive story. I don't know what that is. I really couldn't find much about it. I certainly couldn't find a place to like. Get yeah, it. I tried to I tried to download Earplay so I could do it or right. whatever, and it's I can't I couldn't find and it. And they talked about the two mobile games, which are going to be prequels and set the direction of the world of darkness. So I mean, I guess I'm going to have to be involved with those in some capacity. I'm I don't know that I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going to have to be involved with them. Um, that was all I had on Tobias. Do you have anything else on him? Uh, not really. I mean, um, okay. So yeah, then, I mean, this it's all the same stuff. I mean, Martin Erickson. I. <sighs> talked about fifth edition and when he said winter of 2018 i have winter down here yeah so but winter years winter doesn't there's like one week of winter that um is at the end of the year like winter starts on the 21st of december oh okay it, like but the majority of winter is in the front of the year see so i took he, that i took that to mean end of the year but he, maybe he not could, he maybe i mean i mean it, that, that's if possible. it is that's two years out yeah and that's a long time yeah i mean i, I hope not i but that was how it, I took releasing it. Was, it releasing it, in, it if, if you release it on the 21st of December of 2018, then I guess you would be in time for Christmas. I, it strikes me that like launching it in January is a bad idea. Don't they usually release big games in summer and around and the, holidays? the holidays? So I that mean, was my guess was it would be end of the year. And I mean, one thing he did say that I was excited about was vampires going to be everywhere again. There's going to be a book on the shelves. Yeah. Well, I, and I can't wait for that. And I will be, if they can make that happen, I will be very excited. And yeah. that was the, that was like where I was like, Oh, okay. I'm actually interested in what this guy has to say. I mean, let's be, let's be totally clear here. 
we're gonna buy these fucking books. We are. There's no. But... There's no getting around that. I. I don't want people to to think that we're sitting here going like, well, we're out, dude. We're turning. We're turning our backs on this but shit. They, they still themselves like keep looking back to those Halcyon days, like where they're like, oh, what we're gonna make it what they made it in the '90s. We're gonna. And they, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's crazy. That's, I don't know that you're I gonna think do Garrison's that anymore. Nuts. It's the the you had your chance. Yeah. You sat on the property for over ten years doing really nothing with it. Yeah. Um. And now you're like, oh, we're back, baby. It's like yeah. the guy who comes back in the disco suit, and he's like, hey, guys, right. I'm back in the club. And you're just like, dude, it's yeah, dude. it's not the same anymore. Yeah, yeah. We've it's, all moved on. Yeah, the world has changed, and they kept mm-hmm. saying that they're like, the world has changed, so we're gonna make it the way it was. And it's like, right. what? You yeah, guys they're are gonna pull back Gehenna. Oh, the other thing was werewolf and vampire as a as opposing games that makes perfect sense to me and i love it i can i can sense your incredulity i fucking think that that's brilliant they're gonna have to roll back so much of what they did and they're really gonna have to nerf werewolf if they want that to be the case i mean because your starter werewolf can more than curb stomp your starter vampire i think that if you um beef starter vampires up a little Uh you draw werewolves down a little you're gonna have to do both and then Mm -hmm you give vampires bonuses for teamwork then you are fine maybe but the werewolves are going to do teamwork too it's like the werewolves have their gifts they have their crinos form they've got they can step into the umbra they've got so many different things that the vampires just can't compete with yeah like as a as a werewolf if i got a mirror nearby i always have an escape in combat if i'm a vampire the best i can do is celerity out or obfuscate vampires or earth meld vampires have institutional control and werewolves don't. Vampires can access technology, and werewolves, when they're in their Krynos forms, cannot. The younger ones can, but yeah, I, maybe. We'll I mean, see how the, it works. The, 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 look, dude, the template for this is the ever-increasingly ridiculous Underworld movies, mm. in which vampires just bust out machine guns and right. gun Mowing down werewolves. Down. And that's and I think that if you move in a direction where that you make something like that possible... They're going to have to retcon a lot of werewolf stuff, though, because there's an awful lot of werewolves with machine gun art in the second edition and other subsequent books, like rage across the Amazon is nothing but, uh, where creatures with, uh, machine guns. I think that they want to move away from the aesthetic of black trench coats, katanas and machine guns. So if they, I don't know that their fan base does, they're going to have a challenge there. Dude, I'm telling you, man, they don't give a shit about the tabletop guys. They don't give a shit about those guys. They really don't. The LARP guys do that stuff too, though. There's there, so many black trench thing, coat though, LARP dude, guys. That's the thing, though, is that you and I have been playing the, the limited experience we have with mm-hmm. LARPs are closer to what they call American-style parlor LARPs yeah. because of what happened in America uh-huh. where police groups essentially uh-huh. united to get Shut LARPing off the streets. Right. They didn't want to see it in public. Right. And so these big costumey full city events, which is what fucking LARP was always supposed to be, mm-hmm. they just don't exist around here. And now people have retreated out of the goth clubs and out of like the cool public spaces, even the ones that you were allowed to do LARPing in, mm-hmm. and they LARP at somebody's house. And they go, okay, this room is Elysium, and this right. room is, is, is the Umbra, and this room is like uh, Transylvania 1492. And it's, it's kind of They're weird. They're going to have to figure it out because the, one of the games I played in was a one world by night game and it was a mess it was like a hot mess and it was just like okay i, I mean i have a friend who's very involved in that world mm-hmm. in a certain sense and i and he always tells me about it and i just think to myself that sounds like shit yeah. that I, I have no interest in it at all 
Not to bag on the people who love it. Uh, keep doing what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the need to add that disclaimer uh, in there. Oh, we're, you, we're old and crotchety. Were you um, being earnest? <laughs> I was trying to be. Didn't come off as, as sarcastic. So yeah, and then he talked about addressing the twelve-year gap. He talked about a repeatable gameplay loop. Like what? Well, okay. What he was talking about was um, he was talking about the the the, the he was talking about the video game idea of um of replayability. I think that's what the 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 vocabulary he was using there. And he was talking about in having that discussion mm-hmm. how the other developers were like fight Sabbath on the rooftops right. or whatever and he was like go hunt and drink blood. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were involved in like the periphery of the uh-huh. stuff that has made vampire crummy, the stuff that we're not interested in. Mm-hmm. But what he wants it to be about, and this is one of the things I found heartening in terms mm-hmm. of his vision, which he explained very little of his vision for the game. A couple things that he dropped, I thought sounded really good. Right. And this one was um being an eternal creature with a thirst for blood and right. hunting. And I'm like, okay. And then he well, laid then out he what he laid thought. it into your disciplines develop based off of who you feed on. And I think that, that I think that while a proposed system like that mm-hmm. could be incredibly cumbersome in terms of record keeping. That's kind of what I felt. I was just like, so basically I got to drink 50 blood points from like somebody at a fetish club, like a submissive yeah. at a fetish club to level dominate to level two. Well, like, it I mean, just seemed like it, it might be finicky. It sounded like what he was saying is, is you would stalk say an elder and you'd see <laughs> who he's feeding on. And that would give you an idea of what disciplines he plans he's to use. Powering up. Yeah. And so it's like, well, does that mean I have a whole bunch of blood pools? Does that mean I'm like a like ton of different blood pools to fuel right. each of my disciplines? I'm like, because if that, I it don't know how you put like that on a character He was also sheet. saying, though, if you want to train a discipline, you have to yeah. feed off certain people to train that discipline. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, that makes sense right up until I get to things like uh, Thaumaturgy, <laughs> Vicissitude, yeah. uh, uh, Valorin. Who the fuck do I feed off I, of I don't know. to level Valorin? I, I, you know, like. Well, you know, to be totally honest, some of those, some of those uh, disciplines are kind of like the wacky ones that yeah. I thought was like vampire distilling its its core idea anyway to a certain uh, point. And like, um, I guess protein you got to feed off animals, but if you're an elder vampire, you can't draw sustenance from animals anyway. So, well, you can, and you're a vampire, can't you? Not if you're one of the elders. As you get older, to a certain point, you can only drink human blood, and then to a certain point, you can only s- subsist on vampire blood. That's a requiem. That was that was masquerade too, as I recall. Was it? I seem to recall there were those really so. elder vampires that had to, and that was why it became the- a problem because it was like, oh, I'll get bloodbound if I feed from my childer too often. I, thought I that recall that, that being a mechanic in Masquerade as well. No, I think that that was, I think those were flaws. I could be entirely wrong. I thought those were flaws you no, had to take where it was sure like... I'm sure that was a mechanic. If you didn't go into torpor every X, like it was the same thing in Requiem, but it was... No, that's, this is, that's definitely a Requiem Because Requiem drew system. down your blood potency, but... Yeah, because you I thought had, Vampire was if you went a certain amount of time active... No, those guilds in Masquerade, they never went into torpor. Because there's, well, Nobody, there's tons no. of vampires, though, in Masquerade who can only subsist on other vampire blood, and they're all elders. Yeah, like because they're Anastasia written that way. Whoever that Malkavian one. They're just written weird. All right. Well, I I'm going to have, have to look that up, because I'm pretty sure I remember that being a rule. Uh, uh, maybe not. Um, do you want me to get sure. out the book right now? That's what I, yeah, get out the book! Cannon fight! <laughs> <laughs> Start beating each other with <laughs> alternate hardbacks uh, until one of us submits. 
dominate submit. I, I could be totally wrong. I mean, yeah. I haven't fucking it's, played it that game It doesn't really forever. matter. Ultimately, it's what's worked best for your game, right? Yeah, indeed. Um, and yeah, so it's you're the main characters and the meta plot moving forward. You will be at the center. Uh, well, okay, look. No, no, no. This is this is good news. This is good news. It's this good is what news you and I. On this how is they what we always it. bitched about, man. We bitched about this for years, and now he's saying he's going to fix it. And we can't bitch about him saying he's going to fix it. It depends on how they implement it. Like I said, if it's about these LARP events, and it's, it's going to be, be about these LARP events, this guy's character in Orlando did this thing, and it has globe-spanning repercussions, and it's going to alter your game. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, I'm I wasn't not. really interested in Knights of Prophecy. I'm less interested than it's like, oh, some weird like LARP run by these dudes in Florida that like has altered your game. And oh, by the way, they wrote a copy of uh, um, Fort Lauderdale by Night <laughs> that here is available to you that you're gonna read and you can yeah. you know load it up next to your uh, your copy of clan book uh brony that some other group wrote that is now a thing there's more going on in orlando than disney dude just so you know well i didn't i said fort lauderdale but anyway uh, like i was quoting the q a yeah i, I know like, I was like, I was just, oh uh, we should get into that yeah disaster we, we, yeah, yeah we're kind of running low on time here so we should right, finish so let's get into the q a well, um, no no what's, what else did erickson have to say that was the, it that's the all unified I had theory of uh supernaturals mm-hmm. which i think which i'm all down sure, for that sounds great um they're rolling the storyline back to before Gehenna, yep. slightly before Gehenna. Now we're playing through the period. Rather the long than, end. Exactly. The long Gehenna. R- rather than Gehenna being an event, it is an a era. A point in time, it right? Is an, it, it is, is an a, era. It is a longer term, um, which I think sounds cool. Then uh, this whole thing about the LARP dictating the meta plot that just really stuck in my craw. Yeah. Um, they're using the 12-year gap of non-publicated, mm-hmm. non-publicated, non-published, non-published material, material yeah. to uh, as as uh, time to sort of work in this new story. I'm totally fine with that. And then he drops some teasers as to what that's going to be about. Uh, the, this this idea of the final war, mm-hmm. like it. The new yeah, Inquisition. Considering that it's two words, I do like those two words together. All right. The New Inquisition sounds to me like some bullshit. I'm like, where is the historical precedent? What's going on in our current world that signals a New Inquisition? I don't see it. Do you? Do you see it? I don't know. Could just be like the whole policing state technocracy kind of thing, maybe. It's if, 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 if they, they weave do it in the that war way, for ascension. If they do if they weave it if, if they weave it into a uh, police state surveillance mm-hmm. state metaphor, then I'm fine. But if, yeah. if if it's like the Catholic Church has had enough with fucking vampires again, then I'm gonna be like I roll. It feels a lot like we're playing Shadowrun at that point, though, yeah. if they do the police state thing. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean we're living in Shadowrun though, dude. We are living in Shadowrun. There's drones everywhere yeah. and everything else. Like the other I, day, I'm I'm reading a Shadowrun book the other day and there's a there's a thing in it where it's talking about the alternate history of the United States, which was essentially written before these things happened, you know, it was written back in the eighties. And it's talking about something that happens in like the the twenty teens and it's like a group of native americans are protesting because a, a, an oil pipeline is being put to the reservation and they're and they're tri- <laughs> I, seriously and like the united states government is called in to stop them and i'm yeah. like i'm like jesus christ yeah. shadow run predicted it <laughs> you know called it biblical prophecy yeah. in the shadow run book anyway um awesome uh what was the thing that I really liked that he said? I like that he said that um, the elders have retreated essentially from the jihad or whatever mm-hmm. and that the young rule the streets. Right. I'm like, that's fucking rad. I, I liked a lot of what he had to say. A lot, some of it was a mixed bag, but I will say every time that, that Martin talked, I appreciated it more than when the other people talked. 
Um, I felt he added a lot more to the conversation, especially as the lead storyteller. I was very interested in what he had to say. I, I, I don't, I don't think that um, Shane Defreet was bad. I thought he, he had a really good speaking way, and he, he was wasn't smart bad. Guy. But I don't know that he kind of hooked me the same way that Martin did. Erickson is a very charismatic person. Yeah, he, he, he really hooked me into what his into what he was selling, and I'm willing well, to give him a shot. Like he's I'm selling buying you LARPs, this stuff, homie. He's selling you some LARPs. I know you he gonna... is, and I'm buying this crap no matter what they do. So I don't know why I'm going to sit here and bitch about it because I know I'm going to spend money on it. Yeah, I, we should I, get. Like, I'm we, willing we should to give do, him dude, a chance. We should get matching leather jackets and paint Sabbath symbols on the back of them. We should, dude? Oh, dude, do you want to do it? I'm being yeah. totally real here. There you go. Yeah, because I know I have an extra leather jacket. I just oh, nice. plain a Santa Sabbath symbol right on it. What nice. do you think? You you down? Let's do it. Let's do Get it. Art and craft it up, dude. That sounds fucking great. Project. All right. So art project. So um. So we'll go to the Q and A. Q and A. Uh, holy Christ, was that fucking obnoxious? That was painful to watch. So yeah. YouTube has a feature where you can watch things at one and a half speed. I so wish I had I, known about this. By I the way, cranked that shit at one and a half. <laughs> Um, the entire first part about it is really about consensual, collaborative, and non-abusive. Um, but they were clear that they're not passing judgment. But if you run a game where abusive stuff happens in it, you're a bad person. And you'll be judged. And you'll be judged. <laughs> but they're not passing judgment. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, and then there was a lot about, well, how do we... You talked about you know us being involved in the process. How does that work? And they're like, oh, well, if you pitch us something we like, we'll use it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. They're like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to crowdsource the shit out of you guys right. for free material. And then it was, how do you deal with conflict between two different groups running in the same thing at the same time? And they said, oh, well, White Wolf will approve materials and official canon. Yeah. So one of the two is going to win. So I could spend yeah. a lot of time building my own like dark dark necropolis phoenix game you know or dark metropolis <laughs> phoenix Steel by night. yeah and then some guy who's like i'm running apache junction by night comes in and just fucks everything that i do and i have to throw it in the garbage because he got to white wolf before i did and they were like we love the idea of like hillbilly vampires crawling out of the hills and you, like you don't ganking have to throw people in, in their the garbage beds. you just run you just run if your tabletop group at home yeah till it becomes canon and then Fuck some dude rolls guys. into my game and he's like Fuck yeah guys, so i want to play one of the bradovich that's rolling out of apache junction and i was like there's no bradovich out of apache and he's like since core book right here yeah, dude. And then you tell it's in like, the core book tell this guy to go find another it's game in the core book. oh man why are you making yourself a slave to these people because those are the people that you run into if you're looking to play with new people you're gonna run into those people dude you're gonna I, run into the cannon hounds i know because i was one of them back in the day where yeah. people would be like oh yeah we're running this thing and the salubri are still around. i'm like salubri aren't still around salubri are dead says right here in this book, there's only uh, like seven of them. Th so there's no salubri. And the uh, guy's like, no, it's like a city and there's salubri in it. And I was like, seven of them. You know? Well, I mean, clearly, clearly you weren't meant to be in that game. Yeah, um, clearly. Uh, there was that one moment where, where Shane DeFreet kind of like dogs the Chronicles of Darkness experiment mm -hmm. for a second. And he's like, I think the problem with that was that they like, this, I mean, this is the thing about the entire, the entire event is that they were so focused on the mythology of Masquerade that they never talked about the game. They don't talk about the game at all. Right. Right? Or think, how it works or, or what it's about or what the mechanics exactly. are. Or, yeah. or what the I line is going to be like, like what we can expect from books. It's really just about, hey, nostalgic, like older gamer yeah. nerds, remember that thing you loved? We're yeah. bringing it back. And right. I'm like, okay, but what about that? We're bringing it back. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but I want it to be 
I want it to be interesting. Like if you're just going to bring me back what I've seen before, like I have, I have a pretty complete second edition collection. Right. I have a pretty complete third, uh, third edition slash revised collection. Um, I've got V20. Like you were going to need to show me something. I mean, here's the thing. Do we really need another Rocky movie? You know, do we need another Rocky movie starring Stallone? Like, I mean, I guess there's people who would want to see that, but there's people who wouldn't. I guess that's how you do it. That is the question, right? So, I mean, DeFried, he's kind of like, oh, uh, the problem with uh, that new vampire game was that they tried to build a game first and then put a mythology on it. And it's like, I just want to take a second here and say to all of you vampire guys out there who are listening still and you're still in this fucking thing. Because most uh, of you have probably dropped off. Yeah, exactly. To to both of you who are still listening, Vampire the Requiem remains the best vampire horror game that there is. Okay? And it has nothing to do with the mythology. It has nothing to do with like fucking Kane and fucking the Sabbath and any of that shit. Is they wrote a game that was a toolbox for you as a storyteller to make it as scary as you wanted to right. and put whatever mythology and you, didn't you wanted to have to have these little finicky conversations like they did about what was it I brought, <laughs> transgender black furies yes that was a thing that was discussed at the Q&A yeah oh we want to make it possible to, and I was just like why is this a discussion that we need to be well, having if you want that put it in your game but, if you don't want it don't but, put it in your game it so, doesn't yeah, you yeah. have the you have the right, the authority to do that. You can do that. And then all of these people just started piling on at this point. Dude, they were piling on way before the transgender black furies got brought I up. I guess you're right. But I mean, it's that just was like especially the second question. Okay, 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 okay. Hang like, on. Rewind, 45 rewind for minutes a second. in, it was just nothing but like, well, I I want to play like an, a Muslim female who is an elder in Iraq the, in the in uh, 1200 CE. Why can't I play that? Why do you, and they're like, you know, cause it's history books. They were all that, that could have happened. These history books were all written by men. And I'm like, well, okay, but did okay. it happen? Hey, like l- you can put that in your game if you want. L- listeners, this is just, this is just an aside. Let's want to address you guys real quick. Okay. Now Adam and I are two, two white dudes yeah. approaching middle age With, in a room talking about We're games. totally patriarchy. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're privileged if, if, and we if, know if, it. And we are, we do, we do, yeah. we do, we get it. We get it. And I, we're both incredibly left-leaning individuals. I mean, we definitely, the both of us, push the boundaries of the the left the left people in our group because there's a lot of them don't want to deal with us because we're too <laughs> too weirdly left. Okay. Yeah, now, um, now that having been said, all right, there's this this point in the Q and A where one of these people who I guess you would describe on the internet as like a social justice warrior or something. I, I hate saying that because I'm like, all of those things sound like a good thing. I don't know why that that's a term of derision, but one of these types of people jumps up and she basically like takes hold of the Q and a and like uses it as a platform for her, um, like feminist, like multicultural, like right. it was ideological was, she agenda said specifically history was written by white guys and minorities were silenced and it's like okay you're I mean, not I, wrong yeah I'm not, i can't argue that uh, but if you want to play your female asimite vizier in the 12th century ce go ahead yeah i don't really see what the don't, problem is don't let anyone stop you if yeah. that's the character you want to play go ahead and the like don't don't be beholden to a history textbook or to a source book like you should have the freedom to do that and I just, you know, I, 
their response to it was kind of just not really great where they're like, well, you're playing monsters. No, I see. I, I totally see their racism and sexism is terrible, but uh, blindfolding it's counterproductive. And if you really want to find an exception, go do a bunch of research. And I was like, why should you well, have to do research? The research point that just, is, is just that doesn't mean do anything. it. Yeah, you just don't do need it. a stamp of approval from me. <laughs> you don't need a stamp of approval from Martin or Tobias who may or went Martin out of their Hagen. way to point out like, well, we're from Europe. We're from Sweden. So we, kn- we don't have these problems. Yeah, and right. I was just like, yeah. wow. Our enlightened benefactors. <laughs> like, um, thank you for bestowing us with your like European enlightenment. I mean, I totally saw what they were trying to say right up to the point where they're like, find the historical exception. I mean, it's it's a game about history. It's a game about horror. It's supposed to be dark. It's supposed to be make you uncomfortable. But it's also it's a game about exceptional individuals. So if you don't play an exceptional individual, then I think you should be allowed to. If your GM doesn't want to let you play an exceptional individual, then I think you should probably find a new right. GM. Find a different group. If your GM is seriously going to sit there and you're like, I want to play you know, um, I want to play a male daughter of cacophony and your GM's going to be like, no, then like, don't yeah. play with that guy. Go yeah. find a different group. If you got a strong concept, then go elsewhere. Like yeah. there's no reason that you should have to deal with that kind of stuff. If you want to play, you know, your transgender black fairy, play a transgender black yeah, fairy. Yeah, I mean, but I this, wouldn't say no to that. This, I'd be this, like, cool, let's, do you have an, are you, I would say, why do you want to do it? What's your concept? And if it's a good concept, like let's roll. The, that prob- cool. the problem is, is this idea that like we need to write into the books all right. of this stuff. All I'm of just these like, exceptions. That, that doesn't, I mean, like, like, like you need to, feel somehow uh like the like the, the books reinforce your idea that in the year 1000 there was a lot of room in the upper echelons of the english clan ventru for for black lesbian transgender muslims and i'm like uh, oh i mean maybe i don't I, if you want to play that character man yeah, i ahead. don't know go for it yeah. but like I don't really think that that needs to be written into the books. Right. You know, well, that was kind of the interesting thing. Cause then they got into a part that I agreed with where one of the guys said, I want more books faster. And they said, we want to get them to you faster. And I said, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Up. Fine with that. And then, then one it was, guy what lessons do you learn from NWOD? And they were like, Oh, they build a world first, the game second, which you talked about yeah. earlier. They said, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to build a world first, the game second. And then they said what they did was they built the game first and put the other stuff second, and that was a mistake. And yeah, I was yeah. Like, really? But in the meantime, they didn't have anything to actually tell you about the game. Right. They had nothing. Like no there was details. one guy who who took the Q and A to ask a question about mechanics, saying like, "Oh, hey, so what's going on with all this stuff?" And they were like, "Yeah, we're not. We haven't worked. Yeah, on we're any not worried about that. We haven't. We haven't worked on any of it yet." And yeah. It's like what? I, what? Yeah, it really would have been helpful too if during that whole discussion that was going on, if if uh, Dana and Kareem had joined in and kind of given their two cents uh, i was really hoping to hear more from them and they were really quiet throughout the whole thing they were i think martin's got a big personality and, he th- does, and he's and he, he's he's kind of like the rock star of 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 uh, uh white wolf right now people, yeah, people want he to hear to, what like, he has to say back at a certain point and let someone else talk uh i don't, I don't think know. that's in his character uh, i think he's not. one of these guys you know but dude, ultimately, he, dude, it's he a dresses, horror game, right? He, dre- he dressed like Vlad Tepe's for fucking the yeah. Council of Torrens thing. You yeah, know what I'm true. saying? I mean, come on. Dracula, yeah. Yep. So what else? Oh, you 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 took umbrage with uh, Mark Ryan Hagen's question, which I thought was the best question of the entire 
Let's see. Of the entire yeah, uh, this panel. Is just all of this. I don't even want to go over this stuff. It's just, this is just garbage. Yeah, so most to... of it was just asinine. Yeah, I just, uh, make a mainstream. So everyone knows about Theobel and Lucita, and all I had in all caps was, oh, God, no. Yeah, uh, let's not do that. Uh, so, yeah, they're basically coming up from a dead stop and starting from scratch. Uh, what was Mark Ryan Hagen's question? Mark Ryan Hagen's question was, what are you going to do to be transgressive? He said, the original White Wolf was about being transgressive. What is it you're going to do to do that? And they didn't. Really oh, yeah, I was a... talking about specifically we're all older gamers now and yeah. we're all very stuck in our ways. And that kind of was what I took issue with. I was like, I don't feel like I am. Like, I don't necessarily know that I'm, like, sitting here like, oh, yes, we are. We are right well, we're now. Stuck in, we're exactly stuck in, like, I don't what we're know, doing. but it's, like, societally and everything minutes. else, I'm not. I just, I don't know that I'm going to sit <laughs> here and just be like, oh, you know, we shouldn't give the, you know, people it's, shouldn't have the whatever. I just, I don't feel like I've hit that point yet where I'm, where I'm, like, wanting to trample the rights of others to, like, ensure my own comfort level. It, it's, uh, they're saying they want to move on to LARBs, and we're saying no. I'm just saying I don't know that that's like for that that that's targeted at me. They've been doing LARPs for a long time. I'm just not a LARP gamer. I never have I. been. I wasn't a LARP gamer when I was in high school. I mean, I played let's in some fa- LARPs. Let's face it, LARPing in Phoenix is like a laughable idea. Right. It's I just... played in some LARPs and I did it for a while. It just wasn't for me. So when they yeah. talk about it, it doesn't get me excited. You know, if they can make it cool, I guess. I guess if you're talking about issues that are meant to be transgressed inside of gaming, like pushing the edge and this is what martin kind of came back to is mm-hmm. he was like oh this is gonna be really dark i mean he's like everything like as dark as it has been mm-hmm. it's just the beginning we're gonna go deeper into that right and well I that's kind of that where i was at with it because i'm like you know you you should know you have like a lamentations collection and it's a really yeah. dark fucked up game yeah and i've got a couple lamentations books i've got a ton of books that are a ton of other games that are way more transgressive than White Wolf is. And so I just, I, I don't know. I kind of took exception with his idea that like, oh, these older gamers, they're not willing to go there anymore. To, to me, what I took what I took from that is that there is nothing left to transgress. You know, White Wolf was written in the pre-9-11 uh, American naivete that has been crushed in the last 20 years. And... You know, there was still a monoculture of sorts in America at that point to rebel against. I mean, what are you going to do now? What are you going to put in the book that's going to make people be like, whoa, this is edgy. This is edgy fucking shit. Like, what are you going to do? What could you possibly put in a vampire book that would, like, that would, like, make your eyeballs bulge out of your head? I have no idea. The problem is that other people reading it don't, uh, at least from the Q&A, don't want that stuff in there to begin with. So, you know what I mean? There's all these people who are like, well, I that I don't want to deal with, you know, these issues in game because that's not fun for me. And I was like, well, then maybe, like, don't play a horror game. Like, yeah. maybe play a different game. Like, if you want to be a hero, um, D&D and Pathfinder, like, good alignments and, like, go play a game where you're heroic. If you want to be a monster, like a, like a terrible character or a bad person... Come yeah. play a horror game where you play a monster. You're supposed to be drinking from the well of darkness, man. You're supposed to be like looking into the. And that the, was just the weird part of the Q and A to me because it was just like I, you know, Mark and Hagen was like, "What are we going to do to be transgressive?" I was like, "I just think you do what you were doing before, and then you're going to have all these people who come in like they are and, here, and they're going to go, I don't like this, and eh, and you're going to have to go. Well, uh, the, sorry, the this original isn't for you. vampire books had females on the cover." They had 
non-sexualized females on the inside Mm -hmm. in the art. They had homosexuality. They had like flagrant blasphemy. They had minorities. They had minorities represented. And we're not talking about the third edition shit where it became kind of weird. Right. Marketing gimmicks. We're talking about like the first and second editions. These things were like the core of the game. This was 20 fucking years before anybody else even thought of that shit. You know, everybody wants to clap D and D on the back for putting a, a black lady fighter and a black wizard into into the D and D five, but like White Wolf was there, fucking edition two, like fucking nineteen ninety two. White Wolf was on the ground doing this shit. Yeah. So if 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 if, if a bunch of like neo liberals want to get in their grills for not like for not like catering enough to like socially progressive ideas, they're bonkers. Socially progressive role playing games wouldn't exist without White Wolf. But back then, that was fucking crazy. The it idea was. of like like oh, there's like there's gay sex in role playing games. Right. That was crazy. But now, gay sex is on TV. You know what I'm saying? RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, I Everybody the knows White that Wolf show. Books, they had them put away. You, like a lot of them, you couldn't even get to. They <laughs> yeah. were just like, "Hey, you want the White Wolf books? They're but, in the back of the store, but, but on a high shelf, and don't be reading them around the front of the store." Like there was that store in the mall, Game Days or whatever, right? Where it was like you would go in there, and the White Wolf books in P- Paradise Valley, they were in the very back corner, and you were exposed to sit there and flip through them over there and not bother the other people. And yeah. some of them were just in poly in bags, bags, so you couldn't even open them. Yeah. So they're like, "Yeah, we don't want you reading that in our store. You want to buy it, buy it and get out." And it was, but I mean, it was what, a very subversive, transgressive kind of thing. Are there ideas in our society now that are taboo enough to count as transgressive horror do we have anything like i i mean i think it depends on who you're talking to i think i I think if you want to there's an entire like regressive movement that's going on right now in the country that's like we have to we have to take things back we have to make the country great again and you're like well what do you mean by that and it's just like we're gonna wind the clock back and it's like well i mean that's great i guess but I think that you have to start going after things that traditionally gothic horror it's been outside of their realms. You know, you have to start going after things like um, uh, capitalism. You have to start going after the culture of work. You have to start going after the cult of celebrity, you know? All and, of which I'm fine with doing. They've yeah, had, I don't, like, I don't, they've had some pot shots at it. I don't but know they how really well done it works a in a vampire job. game. Is the thing. I don't. Yeah, know they had it, that one character that was like in the Red List book that was the celebrity vampire idea, the like very much like Mistress of the Dark kind of character. And I don't know. I think it works like, better in Mage. Kind of think it works. Cold. I think it works better in Requiem. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> There's just, a lot of stuff that works better in Requiem. Requiem is still a great line, and they just put out a really great book. And you can go buy it, and it's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. Top I mean, fucking notch. I'm excited for, you know, no pun intended, some new blood in the scene, and I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I really, you know, I really want to see the ideas that they move forward with. Um, you know, I, to the extent that I'm kind of disappointed in it was I just felt like the Q&A got bogged down in stuff that's not vampire-specific or didn't really have anything to do with White Wolf. Um, I, I think it also got kind of bogged. I think that the entire proceeding has got kind of bogged down into sort of like 
grandiose um, back clapping. Uh, it really did. It, they were pretty proud of themselves. Yeah. And, yeah you know, you know, it was very interesting, You know what it reminded me of is when, 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 when LeBron James went to uh, to uh, or whatever Miami. Fucking, Miami. Miami. He went to Miami and then he went out there on that stage and he was with the, with the light show and yeah. he was like, not one, yeah. not two, not three. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah, he, he goes was, all the way up to eight. Eight yeah. championships. He's just, he's just, he's just what? hyping himself and they were just, they yeah. were just getting out there. They're like, bigger than D&D, yeah. bigger than Pathfinder, yeah. movies, TV. Yeah. You're going to get a tattoo on your forehead. And this is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you guys do something first? Dial why it you, back. Why don't you do one thing? Why don't yeah. you release a single fucking book that's actually good first? Because at no point during this thing, when they were talking about The only book games, they talked about was VV. Dude, 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 dude. They were talking about video games, talking about TV. They are talking about crazy LARPs. At no point did they just sit down and say, we are dedicated to making the finest edition of Vampire the Masquerade that has ever existed. Because I don't think they care about tabletop anymore. I think we I think we are not their target audience. I think the target audience are the people that they think have been keeping the candles burning for Vampire for the last 20 years, which they see as the LARP community because the LARP community is a lot more visual and easier to see. They don't see all the people who've been running Vampire at cons, who've been running Vampire out of their house. They just don't see those people because well, they what, don't dude. make a big showy splash. I'll tell you what. Uh, they want to take down D&D, but D&D has the same idea of like, let's build a multimedia empire. And while the D&D video game stuff has been crap, it's been utter shit. They're, they're, they, they, they released a spectacular game, a spectacular game that everyone loves upon which to build. And they've got that fucking movie that they're working on. And if it's if it's a good they're movie, they're gonna have to make it better than that Jeremy Irons fiasco. Oh, they have made they 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 have they, they they have said in not in so many words that it's gonna be better than that Jeremy Irons fiasco. Well, it would almost have to be. But they tried to make a Warcraft movie. I don't know about you. I didn't see it. No one really gave a. Sh- no one I know cared about it. They released, no one I know movie, see it. they released that movie 10 years too late. That's and why. so it's just one of those things. It's like, does anybody really want to see a D&D movie in the theater? I don't I know. I do. Is it all, if it's a good movie? If it's a good I want to see a fucking see, good okay. movie? I want to see a good movie. The fact that it is D&D is kind of incidental to the fact that it first has to be a good movie. No, Make a good movie and I will go see I it. I disagree. It it first has to get my interest, and then if it's good, I'll love it forever. But you gotta get me in the door. And when you say we're making a D and D movie, you gotta do that Leo Leonardo DiCaprio thing, gentlemen. At first, you had my interest, but now you have my attention. <laughs> yes. All right. Exactly. You gotta have that. Exactly. That whole thing. Yeah, that's I the whole. Know. That's the thing that you gotta have. Well, man, we have been uh, yelling at each other in this room for... This is going to be a long one, so apologies to everyone up yeah, front. Yeah, sorry, guys. And I promise um, that we're actually really nice guys. Um, eh, I think. Well, I mean, Brendan's a really nice guy. I may be a pile I, I was of shit. To I say, no I was about to say, Adam's a really nice guy. I'm, I have no uh, idea I'm about myself. Insufferable. I lack the ability to judge myself. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Um, I just want to take a second and uh, shout out to our good friends over at darker days radio who um who gave us a shout over on their most recent episode um uh michael and chris and chig are amazing podcasters and we are forever in their debt and forever in their shadow um if you love uh world of darkness podcast world of darkness gaming you owe it to yourself to check out darker days radio also um if you are into chronicles of darkness gaming then um 
uh, Chris Handley, he does with uh, um, his his buddy Dave. He does an excellent Chronicles of Darkness podcast called Network Zero, and uh, I think it's the most recent episode of that one. It's the it's the episode where they get into Inferno. They do a they do a breakdown of the Inferno book and some ideas that you might want to run with for an Inferno based campaign, and that that is a brilliant fucking episode. That's a great podcasting. So go ahead and check those out. Um, shout out to our buddy, Jamie Smith up at Coliseum Rex in Sunderland, uh, fucking killing it with some great vampire games up there. That guy's running second edition masquerade like a boss. And he's now weaving in his second edition werewolf into that, the greater tableau of that game. So, um, you're a fan of uh, World of Darkness, that kind of material, get up to Sunderland, get up to Coliseum Rex, and interface with that community there. Uh, can you think of any shout-outs we need to do, Adam? Um, <coughs> no, I think I'm good. Yeah, we'll love the guys at Darker Days, love the guys at Network Zero. Those are both awesome podcasts. Uh, Absolutely. Big shout-out to our friendly local gaming stores. Indeed. Uh, Imperial Outpost and Game Depot. Yes, indeed. We have been haunting those places for, for many a year now. and. Mm-hmm continue to drag our now antediluvian carcasses through their doors and they've always been very welcoming to us so yeah so if you're ever in phoenix and you uh, are looking for some games or you're looking for some gaming supplies uh we highly recommend uh game depot in tempe and we recommend imperial outpost games in phoenix that just leaves us to the part of the show where I say thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. If uh, you enjoyed this show enough that you want to leave a review, we ask that you leave a review under Full Metal RPG on iTunes. It is vital to the spreading of the show uh, that we get these reviews. A five-star review would be great, but we will take any stars. If you don't really feel like it's a five-star review-worthy show, then I would ask you to contact me first. Um, you can reach me at fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com, and I will do whatever it is I can to address your issues so that you feel like you can leave a five-star review. Um, and if you don't want to leave a review on, on an electronic method, then tell your friends about the show, man. Um, post us in some forums or something. Uh, this is how people learn about the show, and there's just so much going on out there in the world Adam and I, we only know about our weird little corner of it. And there, I guarantee you that you know about things that we don't know. And people, they trust what they hear from their friends. So if you tell your friends, I know this great podcast, or even know this like pretty half-decent podcast, then... Passable podcast. They, they, better than, than 98% of all Rift's podcasts that exist on Earth. People will listen to you. Um, the best way of any kind to get in touch with us, however, is via Instagram, uh, at full metal RPG on Instagram. Um, we have a Facebook page on Facebook, uh, full metal RPG on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, follow my adventures as a person at Brendan Carrion on Instagram. And you can follow my companion here, uh, at Adam sync on Instagram. If you want to read about my gamma world campaign, go to full metal RPG.com. Do not forget about fullmetalrpg.com. Get down there and Get a we're shirt. we're going to we're going to try and curate some more content for that page, but uh it's, you know, it's November and uh Adam has demanded some writing enemy so I'm going It's NaNoWriMo. It's, it's Movember, so there's plenty of stuff to talk about and for every blog post under the the number you said you were going to give me, I'll take a finger. 
Uh, ah, and I'm gonna start yes. with the middle and ring fingers. So if you oh. come in four short, you're gonna be like Nightcrawler from I, the X Men. I just saw have that fingers. comment on SoundCloud. I was like, "What's he talking about?" You're gonna have three fingers on each hand oh. like Nightcrawler. It's gonna be great. Or like Goro. From, or like Goro, yeah, from, from Mortal Kombat. From Mortal Kombat. Yep, we'll dye you blue or whatever. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us once again for Shadows Run Radio Hour. Uh, we really appreciate it, and have a good night. Good night. Yeah.